Back to Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. It is Old School. Tom Stevens in for DP today. He's Jay Foreman. Uh, the Pirate has said something weird again. Uh, Mississippi State plays uh, Texas Tech in the Liberty Bowl tonight. And Mike Leach wants his money. Uh, Mike Leach was fired in 2009. Oh, yeah, you said Texas Tech, right? Right, right. He's he going to run the score up on them. You know who, who he's like? He's like when Mike Shanahan, every time he used to play the Raiders because he That's said right. Al Davis owed him $4 million bucks. <laughs> he, always, he always kept running the score up on him. Remember in 2009, he was uh, alleged to have mistreated a guy that had a concussion. Yeah, it was Craig James' hey, Craig son. Craig James' son. It's- Put, put him, him in a shed, dark, put in him a in a shed room. or something, yeah. or a dark room, allegedly. And then he was fired, um, but he's still demanding $2.6 million from 2009 that he says yeah. he wasn't paid. But <laughs> they played the tonight. First, that was the first big story of a, yeah. I don't know, what do you want to, hazing? Well, uh, not the first hazing, but of a coach type of player. Uh, you know what I mean? Now you uh, see it all the time. Yeah, now you see it. Now uh, you hear about, oh, well, the coach, you know, he cussed at me one time. That's right. He hurt my feelings. This, but the, the the circumstances here were pretty, I mean, if it really did happen, that's really bad. Uh, but Mississippi State plays Texas Tech tonight, and Leach says they can bring the money with them and just hand it to them on the sideline. So there you go. <laughs> As we bring in Sean Callahan of HuskerOnline.com. You think he'll get his money, Sean? Uh, probably not. Um, yeah, I was thinking about what you guys are saying, though. 2009, that was essentially right when Twitter started. That was kind of the first full year of Twitter. So it's no coincidence. I mean, players have more of a platform to share and, and air their thoughts on these types of issues than they ever had before 2009. And since that time, you know, we've, we've seen a lot more things talked about um, that, you know, before that it was a lot harder to get that kind of information out there. Yeah. Sean, I want to. You said mention Twitter. Obviously, the big news last night was a, a offer that went out to uh, Chuba, right? Chuba yeah. Chubba Purdy, yeah, Chuba yep. Bubba. You know, we're gonna have Chuba Gump, and I can see it just <laughs> if he comes here. You know, what type of NIL money? But he had a he he had tweeted out last night that he got an offer from Nebraska. So you're the guy that knows everything. So what? You know, everybody's on pins and needles. Can we get a quarterback? So is he the guy, or is it just kind of the first true kind of? relationship that is reciprocated because he's excited about it and obviously Nebraska is excited about it enough to offer him yeah the public nature of the offer was interesting um, because a lot of guys um, in the transfer portal the higher profile guys they don't really talk or say much during the process you know like Miles Brennan had 25 or 30 opportunities and he didn't make one tweet about one of them so you know I, I find it fascinating to cover the portal how it's way different than the recruiting process and the highest profile type guys don't typically say much. Um, you know, we, we've heard Casey Thompson from Texas as a name. I can tell you right now, he's not at the top of the list. He's on the list. Um, but I'm still convinced their top target is somebody that we don't even know. And I think they're keeping it fairly close to the best on who that is. I think there's also a part of getting coach Frost and coach Whipple on the same page, um, you know, of, uh, of these quarterbacks to make sure that they get the right guy here. You only get one. I know there's been some thought, can you get two? I just think it's going to be really, really hard. Like if you got Chubba Purdy and then a guy that maybe is even better than him, I just don't think that's realistic. I mean, Chubba Purdy was in position 
to start. I mean, that's why his exit from Florida State raised a lot of eyebrows. Um, he was out at Clemson with them. I think the next week's game, he was probably going to get a play over the final four games of the year. And he left um, Clemson with his family and flew back home, didn't travel back with the team. So his exit at Florida State, I think, raised a lot of questions like, well, what's the full story there? Why did he just kind of leave the Florida State team with four games left to go in the season? Uh, but Whipple is an Arizona guy, a Phoenix guy, lives in Scottsdale. The, kid, the, the Purdy family lives in the Phoenix Scottsdale area, too. So there's some commonalities there, and he was recruiting this kid at Pitt. Um, and in fact, when Scott Frost interviewed um, Whipple on that Sunday night, the night after the ACC title game in Scottsdale, that next night Whipple visited Chubba Purdy in his own living room before flying back to Pittsburgh. Uh, you, you, obviously, it's the quarterback, but what other position might Nebraska fill or look to fill uh, before I guess school is back in session? Uh, for the roster? Is it running back? Is it another maybe potential offensive lineman, pass rusher, defensive lineman, DB? Uh, what do you think? I mean, the running joke with the portal is everyone is looking for a quarterback, a 6'2 corner, and a pass rusher. I think if you found that guy in the portal, you make room for any of those guys. Uh, but for Nebraska, obviously quarterback. But the realistic one, I think they still probably need two, is on the offensive line. And, and that, to me, is becoming a concern yeah, I think you feel good about Teddy and Corcoran maybe, and obviously Nuri Newelli. But after that, I mean, all bets are off. Bryce Benhart had a really tough year at right tackle. And, you know, you, you lose Sichterman, you lose Juergens. Um, you know, Henry Lutowski could put himself up in that conversation. Maybe Brock Bando rises up or Trent Hickson. But they've got to get at least one or two quality O-line bodies. Um, I think if there's the right pass rusher, they'd take him. They have room for one more running back. They currently have five scholarship running backs. They like to carry six. Um, I, I think a lot of this could go down to the running backs coach. Maybe whoever they hire for this position might have somebody on the hook that they could bring with them here to Nebraska, kind of like what Mickey Joseph is potentially doing. You might see Joseph add a transfer portal receiver or make some sort of late offers here um, to guys that he has ties to, and I could see this running backs coach hire being similar if, he, if he's got connections out there. Sean Callahan, HuskerOnline.com. We've heard Scott Frost say that he wants to give up the keys to the car, uh, become more of a CEO, let a guy like Mark Whipple with all that experience kind of run the offense. But you've also heard Whipple say, I want it to be a collaborative effort. I like the stuff he did that is Scott Frost at UCF, at Oregon, at Nebraska. Uh, Will you have to wait to see who the quarterback is to know if all that's true? Um, Yeah, the the quarterback's going to be a big part of it, but I do think the idea is like they get on the same page of what they want to do and in game planning. And then Whipple takes it over from there and, and prepares the offense and it allows Scott to be um, more of a true head coach. And, you know, people forget Scott Frost, you know, coached defense at Northern Iowa and he coached defense for Raheem Morris at Kansas state um, under Ron Prince. And he played defense in the NFL. So, He's not just an offensive coach. I mean, he's coached both sides of the ball, and I think as a head coach, you know, it would it would be good to have him involved a little bit on both ends and obviously even be more involved in what they're doing in special teams and have a finger in them. I mean, you hear stories about Urban Meyer and the great ones like Frank Beamer. They would be right in the middle, and they'd run special teams meetings. Um, I, I watched a Virginia Tech walkthrough before 
Robert Washett and I were there in 2009 in Blacksburg, and I don't think we were supposed to be in there, but we watched a special teams walkthrough with Frank Beamer, and he ran the whole thing. <laughs> we mm-hmm. saw that two Nebraska reporters watched it. Yeah. He wasn't very happy, but we it was, it was kind of fascinating to watch the head coach you know, run special teams. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I think if Whipple can do what they want him to do, it's going to allow Frost you know, the ability to, 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 to be a true leader in all aspects of this program. Sean, I always am interested because, in my opinion, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, obviously, you've been around the recruiting, uh, you know, process a lot longer than I even care to even think about it. But I always say, look, there's there, there's you're recruiting the high school kids. You get them, you sign them, and everybody gets excited because you know. I, I remember hearing somebody comparing a running back that we got at one time to Adrian Peterson. But I think the most important thing, in my opinion, is to re-recruit the guys on on the roster. Um, that are presently on the roster because, yes, every time that you recruit a guy at, say, my position, say linebacker, you know, you might be – I might be put on notice if I'm not a solid player. But ultimately, wins and losses are going to be, you know, dedicated or or made by 60, 70, probably 75% of the roster that you have before these little young whippersnappers come in. Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen it the last few years. I mean, very few true freshmen – have impacted the program at a high level. Adrian Martinez was a rarity when he came in, and you know Maurice Washington was an impact freshman when he got here in Wandell. But you just don't get a lot of guys like that, unfortunately, especially at Nebraska the last few years. Um, yeah, you, you've got to win with what you have, and you know you got to keep some of those older guys happy now. And NIL plays a factor, um, I think, going forward, um, when especially with these guys that have decisions to make about their future. Um, you know, like a guy like Volkolek or someone like that that came back. Um, if Damian Daniels and Austin Allen would have come back, I'm sure NIL would have been a big portion of it. But they wanted to obviously try their 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 luck at the next level. And uh, but yeah, the, the 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 current players you have and the culture you build is is what wins you games. You can't keep you know thinking that this year's freshman class is going to be the difference. It's going to be what you've built already in your program. Hey, Sean, we were talking about this, and I want to get your opinion on it because you have several marquee names, and it's not a big surprise, but I guess I'm surprised every time nonetheless, like Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson backing out of the Rose Bowl, a marquee bowl, but they're still out. Kenny Pickett, we knew, uh, along with Kenneth Walker uh, from Michigan State, both out of the Peach Bowl. Is there a solution to stopping that? Could NIL help, or is it just something we're going to have to live with for the rest of time as far as college football is concerned i just don't think nil is going to be enough i mean when you're talking about top three round level players you know these bowls are already are barely getting by they're not just going to start writing checks to have guys do nil i mean but you know i think about how much has changed think about 2009 what did indomitian sue why did he need to play in the holiday bowl but guess what he did and had a dominating game Kirk Herbstreet and Aaron Andrews were on the broadcast. I believe Chris Fowler, um, you know, and, and it was a big stage for Nebraska football that night, and they shut out Nick, Nick Foles in Arizona on national TV. And, you know, I think about the next year, Prince Mukamara played, you know, as a first-round draft pick for Nebraska. Um, you know, he played in, in the Capital One Bowl. It didn't need to play in that game. Uh, guys like Randy Gregory and Amir Abdullah, they played – in a meaningless holiday bowl against USC with an interim head coach and Barney Cotton. And last time I checked, both those guys have had pretty good success on Sunday. So it is crazy how much it's changed. And obviously the, the Leonard Fournette and, and um, 
Christian McCaffrey opt-out decisions kind of led to where we're at today. I mean, those were the first two guys to do it. They did it the same year. And from that point on, like guys were like, oh, I can do this? Cool. Or whoever's around these players convinced them. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think about, like, Nebraska – trying to think of a meaningless bowl game in Jay's era. There was an orange bowl where they played Virginia tech and, right. you know, it wasn't really a high profile game compared to what Nebraska was used to playing in. And everybody played obviously. And they beat Jim drunken Miller in Virginia tech. And it, at that time, I mean, it was kind of one of the more meaningless 1990s bowl games. But in today's era, maybe you'd have guys not playing that type of game. Yeah. I mean, here, here's my also question. I know you're, you know, know a lot more about NIL, and, and the transfer portal and all that stuff more than me. How do how do you think a coach can navigate NIL and get these guys to understand NIL doesn't mean that you're good and don't let NIL take away from the focus, which is obviously try to win football games? Yeah, NIL is a sticky thing for coaches because they technically can't have any involvement in it. They can't be involved in you know, landing deals and helping players get deals. It all has to be done, you know, outside without coaches and athletic department employees involved. Um, so it is a really, really tight rope. You have to walk. Um, so it's not like Scott Frost can be like, hey, JoJo, what are you getting for your NIL right now? Like they can't, I mean, it's not like they talk about that. I mean, I don't think they're allowed to. Um, and it's so new. And I, I think even like your enforcement departments at schools are having a hard time managing and, you know, tracking everything that's happening at this point. Um, but yeah, it, it, and I, I don't even know if we're even close to where this is going to be. I know we're not. I mean, it's going to, where it's at now, a year from now, multiply it by probably five. Yeah. I mean, it's just, we're in the first six months of this thing. And that, that's the crazy part. Yeah, of it all. That, that's the crazy part to me that it's happened so quickly. Not that it's happened. Uh, text line wants to know this from you, Sean. Obviously you cover, Recruiting from HuskerOnline.com. Decoldis Crawford, I don't think we've talked to you about him before. Do you expect him to have an immediate impact? Um, sure. I mean, I think receiver is one of those positions where you can come in and play right away. We've seen a lot of good ones do it over the years at Nebraska as true freshmen. Um, but, you know, a lot of it, this, they return a pretty good group. They're bringing in the transfer from New Mexico State. Um, but Omar and Xavier and you got Alante Brown, and I mean, there, there's a pretty good core. I'll, I'll be curious where kind of Oliver Martin ends up being in this picture long term, where he's at, um, kind of faded late in the year. Um, but I think there is room for a newcomer like Decoldis to crack into that rotation. And remember, he's Mickey's guy. This is Mickey's recruit from LSU. He's coming to Nebraska, um, so he's going to have kind of a benefit being a guy that you know followed Mickey Joseph to Lincoln. Well, this will be probably the last time I talk to you. I am leaving the ticket, Sean Callahan. So it's been fun. Maybe for the last 10 years, I think we've been talking. Yeah, Tom, I've, I've so enjoyed our, our talks on Fridays. It's just become a part of my routine yeah. wherever I'm at. I get my 15 minutes with Tom Stevens. So <laughs> um, thank you, Tom, for everything over the years. And, and you're a first-class professional. I know I'll see you around at oh, yeah. ba- basketball games and maybe golf courses yeah. and um, all around Lincoln, and uh, appreciate all you've done for for Lincoln and the radio market. Last Thank day. you, Sean. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for the time. Have a good week. Happy well, New Happy year. New Year to you guys. Enjoy the football. And there you go, Sean Callahan of HuskerOnline dot com. Uh, anything stick out there, Jay? Nothing much. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, I would have liked to ask them about what position is probably 
you know, on notice the most no. coming in the spring. But I think every position, to be honest with you, there's not any, any, any uh, position, any player that's sitting back no. on a what's today, Wednesday, no. Tuesday, whatever day it is, watching bowl games, thinking they don't got to work. If they if, if, right. because these got. I mean, I know that everybody looks at Nebraska's ranking, right? right. I look at the players, what their makeup is compared to what's there. I like, I like their signing class. You get what I'm saying? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Now, granted, we need – obviously, if they want to get a quarterback, so so be yeah. it. It's great if you can go get a name yeah. out there, but you got to play. You yeah. know, and I think Nebraska in general, whether it's the media or just the fans, you know, we got to get out of this – and this isn't old person, Jay. Mm. You know, just, we got to get out of the poser stage. You get what I'm uh, saying? Yeah, yeah. You, oh, you know totally. I mean? like, oh, yeah. Just because we show up with the bells and whistles. That, that's long that, gone. That, that doesn't mean that you're no. good, right? I think sometimes, and I mentioned this yesterday, the focus becomes the bells and whistles and not the product. The product is what you need, and that's in all sports. You get what I'm saying? I, I think that's a great question to ask on the other side of the break. How do we get away from the bells and whistles? Because you need that to recruit. Well, you to do. Certain, to, but but I, there's I, nothing wrong with earning right, it, though, right, right? right? And you don't need six sweatsuits when you show up, at, and, and, <laughs> right? You okay, get right. one or two, and if you start making plays, you know we can open up the chest to some real deal stuff, right? Yeah, I want to. I want to talk about that. How do you get away from? Well, you need the bells and whistles, but how do you get away from it as the focal point and get to the product? I, I want to have that discussion with Jay Foreman. It's old school. Tom Stevens in for DP today. Back with more on the way. Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.